A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is a four center podcast feed i'm catnapsack for another edition of star wars ranked mean guess ranking things in star wars and we've got an action pack one today joining me for this action is joseph scrimshaw hey. i am so excited to be here and hang from some clips with you yes so this is this is interesting we are doing our our favorite action sequences in star wars Sequences, scenes, moments, all those things. As uh, as with all Star Wars ranked episodes, it's it's sometimes up to delicious interpretation from the ranker. And <laughs> this uh, when this was uh, pitched, Joseph, I think you you and I both had kind of the same reaction. Even though I I, I pitched it to you and you you said yeah, then I I I I don't stop and think about Star Wars as action a lot, and and, and I, I get the feeling you had the same kind of reaction. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing is like, I think I do think of Star Wars as action. And I think, you know, growing up and, and even as a, a younger person enjoying the prequels, sometimes that was the thrill of it. Uh, some of the yeah. depth that we talk about a lot comes from how the action is handled and the uh, the scenes <laughs> that set up the action and the emotions and all that. Uh, but I think for me, it's uh, it's something I maybe been thinking about a little bit more because we've been talking so much about. Uh, the depth and the ideas that I always want to appreciate too, that, you know, it's an adventure serial. It's thrilling. It's action packed. And, you know, want to be sure to take the time to celebrate the action too. Yeah. And, and yeah, when I say we don't think about action, it's, I, I think as, as, as we've taken this four center journey and just more content. Yeah. We love dig, digging in deep and we talk, we talk about the things that we connect to. And if a lot of these things we're going to list, a lot of these sequences go back to our childhood memories of it there but yeah it's fun to break it down and just think about those the, the, the thrill ride uh, portion of star wars the the action adventure serial like we talk about here the whiz bang zoom pew 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 <laughs> all those things it's so prevalent and they're also powerful so we're going to dive in deep we'll slide on the surface we'll have a lot of fun with these sequences here uh so let's just start diving in here just we work our, our way one uh, five to one and i'll say this Action to us, we we left it to interpretation. Uh, that space fights, fist fights, uh, you know, <laughs> daring escapes, lightsaber duels—they're all on the board for what we're going to talk about here today. So, Joseph, uh, dive on into your number five. Yeah, yeah, no, this was really interesting when I put the list uh, together because we—I was so excited that we left it wide open to everything you listed. You know, chases and dog fights and punch fights, <laughs> kick fights. There's some kicking in Star Wars. Uh, and I ended up grabbing a lot of sort of confrontations, a lot of uh, duels, uh, but then also some big fun chases and mm. explosions and things too. Uh, so the beginning of my, uh, my whiz bang, my whizzing and banging, <laughs> my number five is one that I talk, I do end up talking about a lot because it is so central uh, to my love of this movie. And uh, my love for it has just not abated over all these many years. And that is the Maul and Kenobi fight in The Phantom Menace. Um, There's a lot of great action in Phantom Menace. We've talked about the pod racing uh, a lot lately. And and we've gotten a lot of questions about pod racing. There's a hunger (laughs) in the Star Wars fandom for more pod racing. Um, But this Maul and Kenobi fight is special to me because... It was one of the things that utterly electrified me back when the prequels uh, first came out. Um, first viewing of Phantom Menace, you know, I had my ups and my downs and my questions that we've talked about a lot since then. Uh, you know, diving deep under the surface, I've learned to appreciate a ton of what the Phantom Menace is is really about, and and I enjoy it from the first frame to the last now. Uh, but back in the day, it, it really was like I'm okay with anything else that I'm unsure about in this film. Because of that Darth Maul and Obi-Wan Kenobi fight. Here is this uh, character who, to me, growing up, was this wise old man. Could I ever be that old? Did I know any human beings who are as old and wise as Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, like from my youthful eyes. It's foolish now. Mm -hmm. I have many friends who are older than Alec Guinness was then. Uh, You know, but he was just like... Could could that old man who who hadn't heard the name Obi Wan Kenobi in a long time, long time, could he have ever been so young and so vital? And he's great throughout the film. And then this whole sequence is constructed so well. The mm. kneeling from Qui Gon, the pain from Obi Wan when he loses his master, and then there's just this explosion. And uh, I know mm. that there are some critics who don't like this film 
uh, I mean, Star Wars fans who are critical who don't like this fight because mm. it feels overly choreographed. I have one fan or one friend who I adore who's like, eh, it looks like they're dancing. He's <laughs> like, yeah, with lightsabers, with fate. Uh, there's the speed of it, the intensity of it. I think there are all sorts of lightsaber fights that are that are on my list or could be on my list. There is a clarity in the choreography and the way it's shot where you feel like you can just see and experience every move those longer phrases at the beginning of this fight where the camera is just on them they're just spinning and flying and it looks like two people who have studied these jedi arts as qui-gon calls them Mm -hmm. and are looking for a way in and it is also just filled with like passion unnecessary saber (laughs) spins from kenobi (laughs) to keep his energy moving it's just uh, an electrifying fight and it always will be for me and then I think it has the benefit of it's got this great story arc of uh, of Obi-Wan's hubris. He, I think he is tapping into his his frustration and his fear and his uh, pain of yeah. losing Qui-Gon. He overpresses his advantage, leaning in there and Maul pushes him away and he ends up almost failing. Mm. And then he calms mm. down and he pays attention to his environment and he comes out uh, the victor. I mean, gosh, if you want to dig into themes on that fight, which we have and will do again, that's a great that's a great point too of just Obi Wan's personal journey in that battle. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of focus on him waiting, charging, waiting for the energy field to go down, and then charge it in, and you forget. Yeah, you're you're so right, Joseph, and and and, and you you study Kenobi closer than most. That is a that is a moment of failure and near near fatal failure. <laughs> And at first it just looks cool. Like he's, he's taking it to Molly, chopped that yeah. saber in half. He's kicking him. He's flipping, he's keeping it up. You know, like, you know, and he just, he foolishly opens himself up to that, uh, that force push. It, it wasn't strategy that he jumped down the, uh, the, 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 uh, hole there and held on. <laughs> no, I mean, I you, <laughs> this is me leaning into my head cannon there, but like, I, is he's watching his, uh, you know, lightsaber tumble down clinging, uh, to that little stub. I mean, I, I think that he is hearing all the voices of the Jedi who have come before going, idiot. <laughs> we told you about this, that the weapon is your life. How many times has Qui-Gon told me not to rush in, you know, yeah. <laughs> be mindful yeah. of my surround. Uh, he, he's, he is running the greatest hits of like, ah, I screwed up. Uh, I can't wait to have a Padawan one day and I'll tell him all these things. Maybe he'll listen. And yeah. Um, yeah. But about I'm- high ground, about flipping over people. <laughs> I know Obi-Wan told him. Uh, Anakin about this you know there's great canon about Anakin liking to hear about this fight and study this fight and like right. he didn't learn didn't learn didn't learn uh but going back to the fight itself uh yeah the the, the deep stuff that is 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 obviously there it needs to be there it's um but it, yeah, as far as the, the 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 dance aspect of it I, I totally get that I, I think over the years I've looked at that too and thought oh, okay but then you start to understand it you start to understand even what Georgia said or what some stuff you're putting in the conversation then it just works but also just becomes a it's a fight that goes all over. It's a fight that goes, we, 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 we are not, uh, you know, beholden to a little tiny set here. Let us just go everywhere. And that is just a, on a base level with, with Maul flinging something at, at a door to close it, uh, fall and flipping uh, that shot from the trailer of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan just like, all right, let's go flip over this uh, walkway here and get them. And I love every little thing about that and appreciate that now more than ever. Just a little action moments all through. 
Yeah, absolutely. It is just thrilling action, and I think I always engaged it with it that way. I think I always will, but I also just like the ideas behind it. And uh, last thing that I'll say on, on this one is I, I think it's also just good to remember the stakes. Maul is there to move against the Jedi Fort first, take them out, so he can slaughter Padme. Yeah. And also probably that, you know, annoying kid <laughs> from Maul's perspective. Uh, so... This is a victory for Kenobi. Qui-Gon obviously dies. There are consequences to Obi-Wan rushing in to train Anakin because he promised his master uh, on his deathbed there. Uh, but this is a victory. Kenobi does save Padme uh, from Maul, most likely. Yeah, that's um, well well said on that. Yeah, we, we definitely know the stakes, um, the duel of the fates that's been discussed uh, elsewhere and, and on this feed. But yeah. Padme too. She had a little target on her back. A little, a little target. A little target. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my number five. Maul and Kenobi fighting in the Phantom Menace. Oh, I love that. Great way to start our favorite action sequence list here. We'll go to my number five. We're going to 2015. Remember all those years ago. We all set in, settled into a theater and sat down to watch The Force Awakens and Star Wars was coming back. And one of the first big action sequences, we got some cool stuff up top. Uh, but the big first real action sequence was my number five choice, Poe Dameron and Finn, FN2187, escaping the finalizer. Yes, this is from the moment where Finn comes in and says, Ren wants the prisoner busts out the resistance pilot, not for uh, over heroic reasons. He just wants to get out of there and he needs a pilot. And so starts their relationship, their friendship, which, by the way, carries on and pays off very nicely beginning of the Rise of Skywalker. That's another little poetry thing in Star Wars I love. Or here they got uh, Poe flying the tie, TIE fighter, Finn learning how to shoot. Now here they are in the Millennium Falcon. Poe knows his way around it. Claude's there as well, of course. And <laughs> uh, Finn is just cool, calm, collected in the back, uh, in, in the gunner seat there. So I love all that about it. And uh, for me, Joseph, this was the thing. This was like, all right, the tension I felt First time I'm watching this, 2015. Oh my gosh, Star Wars is back. And every little beat, every little dialogue, Lor Santeca, Kylo Ren, everything, the set, the way the set looked, I was judging or worried or tense of, please, I just want Star Wars to be back, right? I just want this <laughs> to work. And this was the sequence that I was like, ah, oh, we got it. Star Wars is here. The whiz bang, the pew, 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 all those things we do love and that are so important. And and this felt like Star Wars. The, the actions... Uh, the the identity, Finn getting his name, all those kind of things that their relationship forming are so important to the sequence and what it makes it stand the test of time. But it was just fun. And I had someone uh, you, criticizing the film. And this is about a year or two after going, I, any big Star Wars fan, I just don't like this era, which, by the way, perfectly fine. Right. But he said that and he specifically brought up the sequence and he said, it's just you can totally tell they were just trying to sell a video game with that sequence. And I, I said, well, then I'm buying that game. <laughs> this is fun and this is Star Wars. So that's why I start my list with Poe and Finn escaping the finalizer. Yes, uh, I, I disagree with this uh, mysterious friend uh, <laughs> in so much as that is the motivation. And if it is the motivation, it is inherited from the original trilogy where they made thrilling adventure serial inspired action sequences that then later did become video games uh, <laughs> how many ATATs or at-ats have we taken down in different video games because of that yeah. one scene uh yeah and i would be happy to play this video game i think you're right this uh scene really captured 
uh, one of these big elements of Star Wars, one of these big ingredients, the one we're celebrating today, not just an action scene, right? Because an action scene can be a lot of different things. It can be John Wick brutally killing some with a, someone with a library book, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's an action scene, right? It, it can be, uh, you know, a, a, a very serious scene where, like, you know, uh, somebody is hiding from a truly scary alien and they're going to die. Like, yeah. action scenes can be lots of different things. The specific kind of action scene that has always been such a tradition of Star Wars is one that manages to balance the tension of actual danger with this uh, camaraderie that comes out of danger with this uh, like this personality and this humor of like, well, if we're going to be fighting for our lives, we should try to have a sense of fun about it. (laughs) If nothing else from the characters to keep us from panicking, you know, and this, it, it builds the bond between Finn and Poe. It's got so many great moments of comedy of the, like, be calm, be calm. I am calm. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> uh, it, it's got the Wilhelm scream in that sequence as they yes. steal the TIE fighter, right? Um, yeah. Perhaps one of the last ones in Star Wars, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Cause soon it would disappear. Um, yeah. And it, it just has that sense of, yeah, no, they're, they're up against difficult, odds but that sense of fun uh, and i think mm-hmm. star wars did that on purpose and, and the secret weapon of that in the original trilogy which then became not even remotely a secret was harrison ford right yeah <laughs> uh the the cool action guy who wasn't cool and in, in control who is constantly <laughs> right. uh, terrified and making jokes and getting wounded and that carries over to indiana jones and that becomes a kind of a whole aesthetic of movies of the yeah the cool guy who's getting beat up and not making quips because he's totally on top of everything. Like some James Bond movies making quips to cope with the terror. And this just captures that Mm -hmm. element of star Wars of the comedy and the terror that add up to fun for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Coping, coping, uh, quip, uh, mechanisms there. Uh, (laughs) Exactly. Coping mechanisms too. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Just uh, well said indeed. And just, and just who Poe Dan Rose, because Force Awakens, we don't get a lot of Poe. And this to me is kind of, it's kind of, uh, core Poe in Force Awakens. This is the most time we really spend him. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, he comes back and, and he's, uh, he's doing his thing and he's in a, in another uh, cockpit that's saving the day. So we do spend time with him. But this is, I feel I got to know him from this sequence. Absolutely. I think Poe goes from this scene where he says, we're going to do this to the end where he realizes we're going to do this carefully and thoughtfully. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Growth from the cockpit of a stolen TIE fighter to the end of the sequel trilogy. All right. That's my number five. But we're up to your number four. Uh, my number four is also a little bit more of a modern time. Uh, this is a scene that I had been wanting to see for many, many years, and I know other fans uh, did as well. It is Boba Fett's rampage in The Mandalorian, the tragedy, uh, the episode called The Tragedy, and there is some tragedy in it, uh, but this is this is a victory <laughs> for anybody uh, who looked at Boba Fett, no matter what age you were, no matter when you grew up, if you looked at Boba Fett and saw that cool armor, and said, okay, cool, we, we got to see his dad, Django, do some great action, but I still, I want to see that armor. I want to see that character just totally fulfill the promise of badassery that we've read about on, on pages, that we've seen in comic books, that we've played in video games. I want to see Boba Fett 
do that on screen. And I think this episode of Mandalorian just so thoroughly paid that off. And I'm talking both the pre-armor and the post-armor. There's, right. um, this is a whole big action sequence, right? There where we got things going on. Mm. High stakes for Fennec Shand, uh, high stakes for Grogu and for Din uh, trying to comprehend anything Jedi related <laughs> in this scene. Uh, and then we got Boba Fett coming out of nowhere with that gaffy stick, which is mm. another great, just like we've known the terror of these since 1977, these these sticks, yeah. and just being a terror, right? And, and you, there's that great point of view shot from the stormtrooper he's already knocked down where he's driving down with that gaffy stick and just that fury in his face that it opens it up to from just cool action storytelling to being like, what is that fury about? Is, is that, is every kill he makes uh, the Jedi Mace Windu that he can never kill? Is it just how he focuses in battle? It opens up this mystery of wondering what's really going on in your head. Why are you this upset about stormtroopers? And then that great look back at the ship, uh, the Razor Crest. He knows his armor is in there. Din and and uh, Fennec are are surrounded. They're in trouble. And then the explosions come, which is really interesting because Din's our hero, right? He he's trying to protect his child. So Boba Fett entering with that explosion back in the armor to help characters that we are sympathetic to, to rescue our main character by taking out stormtroopers puts this great twist on Boba Fett of like, there's tons of moral ambiguity, but here he's coming in as the action hero to save the characters that we care about, that we're sympathetic to. And that I think makes it even more enjoyable when he just utterly does almost everything you ever imagined. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it just tears those stormtroopers apart. In particular, the, you know, there's, there's the punching, there's the shooting with the blaster, the shooting with the, uh, the blaster on the wrist. Uh, there's the rocket gut punch. Yeah. Which, like, the gut punch seemed like enough, and it seems like the rocket is to intimidate. <laughs> right. like, I, already, I already hit him once, then I punched him in the gut, and then I explode a rocket to send him flying just so you'll fear me. And then just to me, the culmination of putting the the leg up in the knee darts coming out. The knee darts mm-hmm. were one of those things that you read about. It yeah. was like a, a fun thing to joke with friends about who like Star Wars. Like, you, you know, Boba Fett's got knee darts, right? And in general, knee darts don't sound that badass, but they look so badass here <laughs> and they make the other stormtroopers turn around and run away. It's just... Yeah. It's so good. In a lesser version, it could have just been Boba Fett's a sharpshooter and he comes out and yeah. he shoots everybody once in the head and he's he's so cool. Like, it is such an explosion of emotion and we're invited to be able to enjoy it because he's saving the characters we care about. First of all, let's start with, I mean, yeah, who, who would have thought knee darts could be so deadly? But we've, we've been waiting to see knee darts in action for a while, <laughs> which is a lot of what you're talking about here. It, it's this... Um, Kenner figure in action, which could have could have been just on the surface and could have been, but but it was used to great point. And and I actually I want to you know even go in a little bit more because I I think going back to our reviews of this episode, I didn't initially. It's not that I didn't like. I I just I just I I, I didn't connect with it right away, which sometimes happens. And we always preach here at Force Center: give, give it a moment, take a beat, take another angle on it. And I think you did bring a lot to the conversation, Joseph. I remember that episode just like. I'm, I think I'm borrow, borrowing a phrase or paraphrasing your phrase of, of this confirming the violence of Boba Fett, but now with this code that's very clear. 
And this isn't a, it could be a change man, but he's not pulling out that uh, Tamora Morrison acoustic guitar to sing. He's going to need Dartia. <laughs> and it all started to open up some conversations in my own mind about what this se- sequence really meant. Yeah. Who is he? What does he really care about? Is he always this vicious or is this uh, personal for him? And on what level and why? Yeah, it's really, it's thrilling action and it just opens the door to lots of interesting conversations. And this rampage uh, makes me excited for the book of Boba Fett to start to get into uh, getting into the head of the man behind the mask. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh look, hey, it's, it's, uh, it's well done on location. Robert Rodriguez just having a lot of fun. Uh, literally, you know, shooting that animatic with him and his kids and, and figures and what, you know, it's, <laughs> you could feel the joy and the, and the love, but then the under the, his understanding of Boba Fett, which then translates into kind of what the show's trying to get across along with Favre and Filoni. So great sequence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think so much of the Mandalorian has that vibe of like, have you ever played with action figures and just wondered if, yeah, here it is. <laughs> yeah, scene is kind of the ultimate. Like, yeah, I did wonder, and here it is. Did you ever open up the Sears Wish book and just dream about the figures you could own and what you could do with them? Here you go. Here's the show for you. Here you go. Yeah, so that's my number four. Uh, your number four did work up to my number four, and we are going back 2002 with... The Chasing Zam Wessel sequence. This is uh, essentially the beginning of Attack the Clones, or the first big thing after the explosions and uh, Kiati Mundi um, not uh, believing Padme. No. Explosion of ignorance. Explosion <laughs> of ignorance. Uh, and we go into this sequence here, which comes out of uh, some uh, fun, at times awkward, conversation between Anakin and Obi Wan. She doesn't let me uh, like me watching her sleep. Well, no, Anakin, no, Anakin, no, indeed. <laughs> Uh, there's some great stuff in there, but, uh, the assassination attempt with, uh, Zam is, is it's, it's underway. And now we've got the, the chases on and it starts, I mean, the sequence starts with that conversation, everything going on in the assassination attempt. Of course I put that there as well, but it really goes, it really goes, Joseph, when our, our guy, Obi-Wan just jumps through that window. Then the chase is on. It's so great. And it is so, it's such a great Obi-Wan Kenobi moment because he has been lecturing that the mandate is to protect her. The mandate isn't to discover who is trying to kill her. And that idea seems to go out the window with Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. (laughs) (laughs) That he sees the opportunity. He needs to know, you know, you can rationalize it. He's thinking, well, uh, I need to know the threat because there might be more coming right now. Mm Mm-hmm. But the fact that he is, you know, this is one of those moments where, like, he is a wise master and he is a little bit of a hypocrite sometimes where he's just like, (laughs) I I, I probably would have yelled at Anakin for doing this. But to me, in this moment, is a still relatively young, you know, Jedi. This is the right call. I'm going to smash this window and uh, see where it takes me. I do as I say, not as I do sometimes. I guess I guess it's the case. And from there, the chase is on. We get. Zam Wessel, the sharpshooter, shooting out uh, her own droid there. We get Anakin on the chase, grabbing a American graffiti-like speeder, which is part of the heart of the sequence. We got speed. We got a we got a car chase going on. We got a drag race going on. Lucas is going back to Modesto, I think, in this sequence there. And it's fun. We get to see Coruscant, which we really hadn't spent time on before. Yeah, we got some time at Phantom Menace, but now we're running around. And Joseph, the sound design. We all love Ben Burr. We all love what's going on. Uh, and I think this sequence has some of the best just sounds of, of chase action in the city. And I love 
all the everything through it here. And you got the big trailer moment, which I remember we had seen, you know, Anakin jumping out, and I hate when he does that. You got some fun banner, works for some people, works for others. But when it all put you put it all down here uh, on the map of this sequence, I love everything about it. And it's fun. And it, it ends with a great crash. It ends with Anakin and Obi-Wan going into a bar, which I always knew Obi-Wan was going to do. I told my friend, I nudged him. I'm like, see, <laughs> so it's just a fun sequence and, uh, and, and a way to really get that movie going. Yeah, and a surprise uh, with seeing uh, our Claudite bounty hunter, uh, Zam Wessel. The, you know, the the kind of changeling thing is something that we hadn't really seen on screen in Star Wars, so that was fun and new. Uh, it sets up uh, the lightsaber back and forth really well. Yeah, One of my favorite shots is, you know, uh, Obi-Wan has been waiting for uh, Anakin to catch up with him, and there's that great banter of, like, I was trying to find a speeder I really liked, uh, and... <laughs> and then Obi-Wan's kind of response to that is, I'll go catch his lightsaber that he dropped again. He catches me. I catch his lightsaber. That's our relationship. <laughs> yeah. And all through and the cut, the shortcuts, I think, all those things and, and got, riding through kind of um, the works part of Coruscant. So, uh, you know, whether or not they're actually in the works, I know it might be up for debate, but they're just going in the industrial section, the, the, the power couplets. It's just that's that, that's a fun sequence, and, and and again, George knowing what he's trying to do, it sets up things that you go into Anakin and his skills. You, you know, though you can break it on down, but man, I, I I just can't help but think of George going, yeah, we're gonna get a couple of uh, fifty-seven uh, uh, Thunderbirds here, and uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna race, we're gonna go. Yeah, it is a ton of character building and world building uh, that happens in this uh, awesome chase. Your mm. list, Ken, I always like your list, but your mm. list uh, this time when you sent it to me, I was so thrilled because like so many of the things that uh, I had to leave off my list <laughs> uh-huh. were on yours. So I'm thrilled. Yeah, no, uh, and, and and vice versa. And uh, I, I will tell you, I'm looking at my list and it's like there's a lot of a lot of speed going, a lot of racing, a lot of chasing <laughs> in my list. And I don't do that at all. I don't, I go, I drive nice, slow and steady. Yeah. <laughs> That's not me. So maybe there's a little bit of me getting whisked away and the escapism of these sequences for me as a Star Wars fan might be there as well. Yeah. Well, let me ask about that. Uh, yeah. So is that because you are, you're a cautious, uh, law abiding citizen or do you feel no need for speed? Do you not want to go fast? I do. I do like to occasionally. So part of the reason, cause I, I've been told by some friends, they'll get in cars with me and they're like, you kind of drive slow and i'll argue i got a couple speeding tickets to throw up against that theory i i am a when it comes to time and travel i'm a relatively well-planned individual down to sometimes the minute we will be there at 623 and we pull up at 622 and 59 seconds so i i think a lot of times i'm not in a hurry right like it's just it. like i'm where i need to be um but you know, I got the, it's an older car now. I got the two, two, 2002 Mustang. The top can go down. I look like a man having a middle-aged crisis 20 years ago. Um, but I'll get on the freeway and I'll pretend to be a spaceship. I'll even pretend like I'm talking to home one and Akbar <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll crank it up a little bit every now and then. So it's not, I'm opposed to it, but, uh, I think that might be what I'm drawing a little bit of the chaos of the situation here. A little bit of, uh, things I don't fully understand. Some scenes we're going to talk about later, just they, they, they're exciting to me. They're tantalizing and but they're also scary to me. And there's something I'm just I'm pulled in by the, uh, that kind of aspect, the uncontrolled nature of the chase. Now that, that is great uh, analysis of the actual uh, movies and television shows, but also of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying. I'm trying. I want to uh, see you on the freeway there zipping along saying we got some Priuses in sector MV seven. <laughs> Oh, I usually, those are usually TIE fighters. And, I, <laughs> um, and, then, and then I'll be like, all right, slow down, slow down, slow down. We might have some, uh, you know, uh, uh, 
what would be the law enforcement equivalent? I guess you could say patrol stormtroopers from uh, Karelia are in the area. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, so that's my number four. Chasing Sam Wessel from Attack of the Clones. We're up to your number three. Uh, well, my number three, we're going to stay in the chase zone. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, in general, I'm a relatively uh, cautious person. But I, ha- I, I am drawn to speed. I, I have mm-hmm. made some reckless choices in my life on uh, bicycles uh, in my Ford Fairmont, for sure. <laughs> some moments I'm not entirely proud of, but they were good coming-of-age moments where I realized, oh, yes, no, that was, yeah, you shouldn't uh, bank off of a snowbank on a narrow road just to <laughs> see if your car can take it. Uh, that's, no. Uh, so, I th- and I think some of that is Star Wars. I think the chase is a little bit of the sort of coming of age story that happens so much in Star Wars just in like one sequence, right? Of like, you're kind of taught to be slow, be careful, don't lose your lightsaber. (laughs) All the things that we're taught. And then going fast is that like, but can I? Can I keep everything under control? You know, and it's it's just kind of a metaphor for for going out there and and taking risks. Uh, And a lot of times what we're seeing in these chases are... uh, characters who kind of have to because they're in a chase um so anyway all that is to say uh for my number three uh i have two chases that i'm combining Uh, i'm calling this entry asteroid poetry (laughs) uh i needed to include both of these it is the falcon chase in empire and the uh, Django chasing Kenobi in Attack the Clones. Oh, I think there is a lot of poetry in Star Wars, good, bad, or otherwise. People make fun of that quote. I think the actual uh, repetition of ideas and images and motifs is really important to what makes Star Wars what it is. Right. Um, this asteroid thing is is a very literal, physical one in these these two middle chapters. Uh, but I think they've they've got a little bit of a similarity in their DNA of what's thrilling about them. Uh, that Falcon chase in Empire, I'm talking about the, it, the scene is only about three and a half minutes long. I watched it this morning from when we catch up with the Falcon after it's left Hoth and it's Han doing the great spinning. I can still out moving out maneuver them, forcing the Star Destroyers to uh, slide together, have their alarm go off. So it's got all this roguish. Uh, I, I'm driving a beat up old vehicle, but I know a bunch of tricks. These, you know, jackasses with their rigid, large technology, don't know. The whole thing is, I got tricks they don't know, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's this uh, such a great uh, example to me of that, it, specifically adventure serial, specifically cliffhanger energy of, you think the problem is this, and you think it couldn't get any worse, but now it becomes an entirely different problem. Yeah. That great scene where he is going to try to fix uh, the hyperdrive real quick <laughs> while being shot at by TIE fighters. Uh, one of my favorite lines when he just mutters uh, to Chewie, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. <laughs> he Love says, it. all the honest things Han says in Empire are always said quietly and then immediately covered by bravado. And I love it. Uh, and then something hit us. That was no laser bolt. And then into the the totally bonkers. Mm. Yeah, no, I'm going into the asteroids, right? I mean, this is just classic daredevil doing something risky because as Han says, well, they'd be crazy to follow us, right? It's got the classic never tell me the odds. And the whole thing is is sold by how much both Leia and 3PO are like, this is a terrible idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's got the fun. It's got the actual stakes. Uh, and it's just got that great escalation of out of the frying pan into the fire. 
Mm. It's 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 a it's an all timer for a reason, and all that that Han stuff is, you're saying and, and pulling out of is is a course is, is probably the maybe the meat of the sequence. But the action, and as a young kid watching this, I remember seeing a commercial for Empire Strikes Back, maybe on TV or something like that, because uh, this would be about eighty four, eighty five, and they showed the sequence. They showed the Tie Fighters exploding right, and it, when they go in the little uh, canyon there uh, on the large asteroid, and 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 I, I just remember as a kid just thinking. I'd already seen the film, but it was just like, I love Star Wars. <laughs> just, I don't know what about it. Those poor TIE fighter pilots, uh, you know, maybe make better choices in your career. I don't know. But I just was, I just remember thinking, I just love that. Oh, the music. And I'm, I'm, I'm eight, I'm nine. I don't know what the deep themes, I all these things about Han. I just know he's got a cool jacket and those TIE fighters exploded. It was the best thing ever. But, but I mean, that's a, that's a thing is I, I, I love diving in deep and, and making connections and really verbalizing and intellectualizing, but some of the things we just feel right. And like yeah. when Han puts the Falcon on the side and it's, uh, you know, too narrow for those TIE fighters, that is, you just feel that that is the flowing in the organic versus mm -hmm. the rigid and uncreative, right. Yeah. And Han wins because he did something cool and you, you don't need to be able to verbalize it, to feel it like you did. Yeah, no, you can just 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 cry into your hands as a nine year old because it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then, but then that's the thing, and Star Wars continues to reward you as you go into it and you find all the things that were there and are there and continue to be there, and it all even it just makes it even more exciting. That's why we get so geeked up talking about this stuff. So yeah, yeah, it is so much fun. And then you know, to stretch my list here, uh, <laughs> I included the <laughs> Kenobi and uh, Jango Fett in the asteroid field you know it i grew up with empire the asteroid field was to me sort of like that this is a prime example of what an action scene is what, what it what it should be uh, what a thrilling adventure scene should be so when they're heading into the asteroid belt i was like okay oh, what's this gonna be like and it, it's very different filmmaking right it's very different storytelling it's a very different situation and i think that's what i really uh, appreciate about it it has the thrill much like the boba fett rampage of another thing I grew up with, which is uh, Slave One, incredibly cool looking ship. Mm. Boy, would I love to see it in action. And this right. has uh, one of your very favorite things in it, the seismic yep. charges. Talk about Ben Burt. Between the seismic mm. charges and the sound of Slave One's blaster, mm. like yeah. this is just like Ben Burt going to 11, right? This is, yeah. he's owning this scene. There's so many just cool sights and sounds. And it's got all that sort of um, that thrill of this is dangerous, deadly, fast. And then it's got this great contrast of this entirely different energy where it, this isn't Obi-Wan being sort of reckless and cool with Han. Like this is a half thought out idea, but at least nobody else would think of it because it's such a bad idea. Right. <laughs> this is, uh, I'm just trying to do my job and what a pain. <laughs> What a pain. I love the energy in yeah. the scene. Just that like like Obi-Wan forgot to fill out a, a TPS report and he has to do some extra work, right? It's like the blast. This is why I hate flying. Yeah. It's just such a great mood of this is that that moment where it really locks in where you see Obi-Wan do daring things like smash through the window to find out who is trying to kill Padme and make sure that she's safe right now. Yeah. Um, but this is why he's a Jedi. He does not crave action and excitement. He's just trying to do his job. And lucky for us, his job includes <laughs> amazingly cool seismic charges and being shot uh, by Django and Boba Fett and flipping around uh, asteroids impossibly fast in a cool Jedi starfighter. 
Obi-Wan's energy is me being asked to do a food run at an office. Like, God, God, I hate this. Dude, don't give me your – I'm not making sick sandwiches. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Blast, this is why I hate placing the takeout order. All right. Uh, but it's so true. It, it, it It's a different energy than any – than most of the other sequences in Star Wars. I'm trying to think of other ones, and they might involve Obi-Wan as well. But, you know, just this one as well. You're, the, the, this is why I hate flying is, is a repeated joke whatever. But you're right. That energy, I've never really focused on that. It is kind of this, like – God, beep, what am I doing? <laughs> this is my this is my assignment. I'm just doing it. And, you know, yeah. I, re- I rewatched this scene this morning, too. And I know that, you know, this is some of the moments where people aren't sure about Boba Fett doing the <laughs> laugh. And that. But I don't know. There's just something about Attack the Clones where it, it, it really does feel like Lucas and, and Ben Burt, too, who, who mm-hmm. both have such a love of the adventure serial aesthetic just going all in and i love mm-hmm. it yeah and, and regarding that one moment too look daniel logan at the time sort of a younger actor you know maybe you know could someone have laughed a little bit different i don't know but he he's boba fett to me in that moment and 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 it, we get the connection with him i, I whereas obi-wan's got the uh, another day at the office uh, i sure hate mondays Django and boba fett are like son let me show you how it's done let me show you kill these pesky Jedi or anyone who's going to get in your way. You talk about the the violence of Boba Fett later on. We obviously see where it comes from and just not just with the genetics, but just the, the environment he was raised in. And, and there's something I want to say it's sweet, <laughs> but it, I, I feel the connection now more than ever than I did back then. Yeah, absolutely. It really is like, you know, pay attention, son. I'm going to murder a Jedi. This is how you do it. This guy just doesn't take a hint. Like, yeah, there's it's it's really great you know i was tempted to include the the obi-wan and Django uh physical fight on mm-hmm. camino and i love that this is an extension of it this is kenobi just not uh given up you know right. it, it, yeah there, there's so much going on just from the thrill of the visuals which it's different technology different uh style of storytelling mm-hmm. uh from the other uh asteroid uh, uh scene but they they do have these connections including obi-wan hiding and you know maybe that's where Boba Fett's like he's had that trick played on him a couple times he knows that trick of hide on the thing great Uh, you can debate that Uh, but they have these connections that that bring them together in my mind uh, but also really separate them yeah indeed connected but but also unique which is uh, something we enjoy in Star Wars so great great I sneak it in too that's totally fine because I think I'm going to do it a little bit here Joseph my number three <laughs> is the escape from Kessel into the Kessel Run I know I know not everyone loved that Kessel, Kessel Run it's not what you dreamed about for 30 plus years I understand and I might have been there too except for it was just so damn fun but for me it does start with just the entire escape sequence the uprising and uh, the drama the things we learned the loss of L3 everything that's going on in there um, but down to the little moments, too. One of my favorite little moments is Kira, Amelia Clark, running down, seeing the problem, grabbing a grenade, tossing it, and doing that little clap. Like, come on, let's go. It's <laughs> just one of my little favorite moments. Uh, it's endearing if you're, if you're a fan of Kira, but just, just it, it was kind of so real and just real and raw and in the moment and also a, a little victory within a series of uh, needed victories. So all those little moments, I'm drawn to it. And, and, and even though we got a got an idea that they're going to escape 
uh, we maybe couldn't predict uh, L3's death, but we got an idea that, uh, oh, okay, once this is the Kessel run, things are probably going to turn out okay because we know Han and Chewie are okay. Like, you could play that, but it's, again, what you learn about the characters and what you see and Han taking over because Lando is hurt, making, again, making the decisions and, and, and seeing him just, like, you know, figuring out, but also <laughs> I have a good feeling about this. I still love I love that moment. It works for me. Uh, and it's fun and it, it, it's edited well down to Tobias Beckett running the back and like slipping and falling and trying. And now, now, yes, now all those little things, it's big time action. Uh, and, and we learn about the characters, which is valuable. And it, it's just, it's just, it gets my heart racing, which is, it's fun. Whether or not I know the end, whether or not I like every decision, it doesn't matter. My heart is racing and it's fun. And I'm rooting for these characters from the escape to the run. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, in that asteroid chase and attack the clones, I, I was pretty sure neither Obi-Wan Kenobi or Boba Fett would die. Like, oh, you know, yeah. for, for me, life and death stakes are not always what's thrilling. It, it's if the characters feel like it's life and death stakes is what's thrilling to me. Yeah, yeah, and I mention I mention that a lot sometimes because I just, it, it's one of the things, not just Star Wars, but I see it, uh, you know, at the time, this, no spoilers, I, 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 I've uh, seen Black Widow, and, and it's a story of, well, we know what happens to this one character. Well, of course you do, but what are you going to learn about the character on the way? They don't know that end. They don't. The character doesn't know that. Uh, so what are you going to get out of those moments? And, and I love diving in these character studies, and this is a movie that's a character study of young Han, but it all comes, starts to come together in the sequence, and, and uh, the confidence he gets from the sequence, too. Oh, yeah, uh, and, and, it, and it barely works out. But hey, you know, just like in the beginning of the movie, he got stuck. They got wedged in that uh, alleyway he thought he could get through. It's the same thing. It's it's now it's kind of a, a monster in a, in, a, in a giant space storm cloud. But he's going to get through it and this is going to work. And uh, hey, it does. And that uh, keeps him going for uh, probably the rest of his days. Yeah, Mo, you were you were saying so many great things, and and I think we should maybe even come back uh, at a future episode, future time, and kind of talk about how how we process yeah. stories because I think there is a lot of um, you know maybe it's just a changing perceptions of entertainment, but there can be a lot of like the value of a story is what happens next, and it, Star Wars is a place that always challenges you on that because it often jumps back into the younger parts of lives <laughs> that we know how they end. <laughs> Hello, yeah. Obi-Wan and Maul, who both died on their first appearance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. anyway, man, I'm so glad you included this scene. It is so great. There is all the great emotional stuff. This is the moment where Chewie really looks at Han and goes, I see who he really is because he went mm -hmm. back to help somebody uh, from the, the thrilling action moment. Probably one of my favorite shots in Solo of uh, Lando throwing Han the blaster in the spin into the perfect yes. uh, classic Han Solo blaster up shot. Like it's yeah. just, it's so thrilling. I feel like in that moment, a million lunch boxes came to life for me. You know, like that's the Han pose. I love, okay. So the first time we, uh, I saw it with grace, which I think was at the screening you were at as well. If I, if I remember, remember that you saw it without me first. And then we saw it together. I apologize for that. Um, uh, no, and so and Grace was, and that that moment, Lando tosses him the gun, and, and uh, Alden grabs it and does the hump. Grace just applauded, and she goes, "Yay!" In a way, I just, I just was like, "That's <laughs> that's it, that's the moment, man." And and it, it, it harkens back to the just the, the early days of watching this stuff. Yeah, yeah, that shot's great. I love the Kira moment, right? Because we talk about mm -hmm. learning who characters are in action. Not only is she efficiently getting the job done because she is the most experienced, yeah, yeah. <laughs> arguably, and her ass is on the line too. Uh, mm -hmm. So she could have just thrown that grenade calm and collected, but she lets some of that earned rage go, right? 
Yeah. And then follows up with that clap that uh, I, I don't think about that a lot. So I'm g- yeah. glad you brought it up. I've seen that clap a thousand times uh, when I was a tour guide at a museum. I have seen teachers <laughs> do that clap to unruly students a thousand <laughs> times. Like, uh, yeah. we're done with the museum. We're getting on the bus. Clap, clap. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah. And then to get into the the uh, the actual Kessel run. Yeah. This was another great, just like it is, pulling from the aesthetic of adventure serial. Uh, an, one problem after another, escalating and escalating. Uh, great, great shot of the Falcon, you know, doing the actual physical flap mm-hmm. <laughs> to the tie, doing mm-hmm. the flip, uh, the, the needle story and the landing gear trick. Um, escalating into uh, the summa verminoth right this yeah. uh, this aesthetic that is super important to me because it's it's pulling from uh to me like cosmic horror that is like a cthulhu like creature it, it is a huge otherworldly unknown there's that great profile shot of that huge thing coming at the tiny tiny falcon yeah. uh it, so they're just endless amounts of great shots great escalation and the thrill for it is not is he going to make it because we know he is it's how is he going to make it and how true is the legend and that's what's ultimately really cool to me about the actual Kessel run of like it's really cool it's really impressive a lot of weird and interesting things happen in the second he finishes this impressive but just barely pulled off pulled out of his ass at the last moment set of ideas with a bunch of help from other people the second it's done he starts embellishing it (laughs) (laughs) And we got to see the truth and the legend grows and grows and grows until it becomes this, you know, this rote thing that's uh, that's shared throughout the galaxy. And and people are getting wrong in trivia contests like Ray does in The Force Awakens. 14 parsecs. I, 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 you may be just thinking, I love that little moment, but uh, you know, well, if you, if you round down, I, I, I I think it works for me so much. Now everything, man. Yeah. We really got to. Go it and just even I'm thinking about that Kira moment. I, I love it for a lot of reasons, but then it works for me in her the the theme of her some of the big lessons. The earned rage is one thing. I think you're very right about that. But her just going, we we we're not here to win. We're here to survive in this moment. Here's how you survive. Now we're on to the next challenge. It's so <laughs> Kira. It's so what the character does. Uh, so everything about it, I don't know. It works. And I think it's shot really well. I, I you know I don't I, I don't care. By the way, I don't care who shot it. I don't care what directors were in the chair. I don't care. It is shot so well and edited so well, too. I love it. Yeah, I mean, this includes the moment where Han truly jumps behind that pilot seat and has just that moment of, like, I effing made it. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, and and Bradford Young, uh, cinematographer, just making everything look wonderful. So that's my number three, The Escape from Kessel into the Kessel Run, which means, Joseph, we're up to your number two. Uh, my number two is uh, going into the sequel trilogy. There are so many different action scenes uh, that I was tempted by in the sequel trilogy, but I went with this one because I think it, it, there's a lot going on. It's very thrilling. It's very different, and I feel like we don't talk about it as much. Mm. Uh, and this is what I'm calling... Ray versus Kylo on Pasana. So uh, I think maybe it got uh, under discussed uh, after the film came out because a part of it was from the trailer and we we lived with it for a long time. So it wasn't as thrilling. Right. But I think it is one of the best shot action sequences delivered uh, some of the highest quality gifts of the character Ray <laughs> that yeah. anybody could want. Uh, but that just that it starts kind of slow and and 
we've talked about westerns a lot in Star Wars, and we've seen that shot. There's a western shot in here of the hand by the 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 hip uh, of weapons, right? Uh, yeah. But it's got a very different feel of like I'm walking out in the desert to meet this foe that I've been preparing to meet. That I know I know how to do this. I know I need to do this. I'm gonna do this from Ray, and just shot so beautifully the. Uh, just gathering her, her, uh, her power, her patience, her calm, her precision, taking that deep breath of like, I know how to do this, that amazing fast turn. And then just the actual action is really, really cool, right? To go mm-hmm. from this woman who, who didn't want the, the blade, who it answered her call on Takodana and, and she fought her way through. She took Maz's advice. She bested Kylo all the way to this of like, uh, I, I know what my my goal is. I, I know I'm strong in the force. I know how to use it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use everything I've been trained that run in that perfect flip, you know, to slice mm-hmm. through uh, Kylo's uh, Thai uh, whisper, I think at this yeah, point, yeah. Uh, Thai whisper. So just that by itself is just like that moment, that flip is mm-hmm. one of the, in the just let the lightsaber go through the the wing and pop it off like it's an old Kenner TIE fighter wing (laughs) is thrilling. And then you get the, and, and, but Kylo's still uh, alive. Chewie's on the transport. And that initial moment where Ray reaches up and grabs the transport. One of the things that just got me so thrilled that first viewing of rise of Skywalker is this isn't a question of has she mastered her power? This is a question of, how is she going to use her power because she's really powerful and she can use that power. It's just that she's afraid of it. Right. Uh, Afraid of it going sideways. And just that, that reaching up and going like, Oh, my friend's being taken. No. And the transport stops. Mm. Just that by itself was so thrilling to me in the theater. And then we have the escalation of uh, great, uh, very different, the Western motif. It's not two gunfighters from a distance. It's two <laughs> force users with their hands up, you know, fighting mm-hmm. over this transport and then building to this shocking mm-hmm. uh, lightning exploding yeah. from her, which is just such a great visualization. I know some people still just um, are upset about the Palpatine connection and I understand and I respect that. But just for me, a visual storytelling of I am coursing with power and I have the responsibility to use it, and I have the responsibility to use it without tilting into negative emotions and hurting people. What a perfect image of like, I'm straining, I'm straining, I'm straining to save, to pull back, and instead I lash out, mm. and this explosion of negativity comes out of me. It's so powerful. Oh, yeah, look, I, I even think in that moment, I think back to a brief moment in Octo of of her, you know, Luke saying, gosh, the darkness uh, called you. And you were like, yeah, let me get there. <laughs> let me go there. <laughs> and, and and just that being in the back of her mind and back of her heart and soul and part of the things she's she's dealing with. And now knowing where, you know, she's uh, you know, at this point, not fully understanding what's happening. Uh, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that burst. I, 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 I even love that. Again, talk about sound design when she first stops. The uh, the transport. I, I just love everything about that sequence. And going back, going back to the to the actual standoff with the Tie Fighter. It, it's you know clearly from the trailer. And so you kind of you know we spent a lot of time speculating. I, I thought maybe she leaps onto it, and and now her and Kylo are working together, and she's riding the Tie Fighter like it's a horse into battle. I but thought that was a great guess. 
great. Could have been, could have been, but I like, I like where it lands. And I, I think trailer moments, I even talked about on the chase with uh, Zam Wessel, like you can kind of, Oh, that's the thing I've been familiar with for a couple of months. And maybe it doesn't have the impact as much as it, as it uh, did when you first saw it in the trailer. I still think this one has impact. I just watched Red Skywalker eh, what, two weeks ago for something we were doing here on the channel. And uh, I watched that moment again. And I, I, the, the shot, the look, the sound, the feel, it is so Star Wars-y, but also new and new technology, the way it's shot and it looks so good. And then, you you know, we got a stunt performer being yanked up over and uh, everything we've seen in the documentary. It, it still has impact for me, which to me is a testament uh, to how well done that specific sequence was. Yeah, absolutely. A bunch of big ideas, but even stripping them all away, that's just a damn cool thing to do with a lightsaber. <laughs> right. Press X, jump up, double tap. <laughs> Zero <laughs> circle <laughs> and cut that tie whisper wing off. So that's yeah. my number two, Ken. Great number two, uh, Kylo and Ray on Pasana. My number two, we're going to Rogue One. And a lot of times when we're making this list, you can go, What go back to the childhood? What what grabbed me then? And what what still motivates me now? Or what what is something relatively new? And there's some honorable mentions uh I have and and, and you have that are newer or, or animation and and those sometimes impacts us a little different. So I, I got to be, I had a blank for number two. I I, I just was thinking about it. And then and I was going to email you the list almost with a TBD. Joseph, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. And it kind of hit me. Uh, I'm thinking of chases. Uh, I know you have a lot of duels. And, and so I, I was like, what else is out there for me? And I was like, you know what has great tension, even though again, you kind of get a sense things, at least part of the, the journey is going to end up. Okay was uh, Jin and Cassian beaming the plans out. And everything from the moment, I, I'll, I'll jump it ahead a little bit on the old uh, VCR tape here. We'll fast forward just a little bit. I don't know. I don't necessarily think you need to start the sequence with them landing and, and uh, her speech and everything. But once they kind of go in and they're going undercover and, and, and they got the information from the other uh, droid that uh, K2S was, uh, you know, plugged into, once they really get to the vault, Mm-hmm. And K2's making the last stand and the, they got to close the door and the music really starts kicking in. Uh, and then uh, obviously with 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 Krennic and the and the death trooper showing up, it just builds and builds. But just the tension and it's a, kind of a weird, uh, you know, you can think, look and go, why did why would the Im- Im- Imperials have like a quarter machine where you try to get a, a plush doll with the, 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 the uh, <laughs> claw arm? But I like that 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 works for me too. Of you know, you not you got to manually get it. You got to shoot out the window. Then K two SO dies, and and that's traumatic. And that climb, Cassian getting shot, everything about it. Jin bruised, battered, trying not to be beaten, getting to the top. And then a personal, a personal this man in white that's kind of haunted her dreams since her childhood uh, is there as well. And she gets to go through that revenge, but also doesn't want to get bogged down. The Tie Fighter showing up. Everything, it builds and builds and builds. It's a ticking clock. The rebellion is on the line. I, I absolutely feel it up until, uh, you know, even, you know, Radis and his uh, his crew. We got something's being beamed up. Like everything about it works for me uh, and, and and makes me feel. It makes me sad. It makes me excited. Uh, and and, and it's, uh, it's just a wonderful sequence that I think uh, deserves uh, the action uh, sequence title. Yeah, no, I really agree. I'm so glad that you put this on the list. Uh, I played with putting on my list the third act of Rogue One. Right, that seemed right. like it would take us maybe a little too long to talk through. But yeah, yeah, you could pick out a bunch of different beats in Rogue One. It's really cool that you highlighted this one because I think this is another one where the the action is great, 
the the tension is really high. It's an action scene where, that's got action in it, but it's also just got the tension of they need to finish this strange mission. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, they're probably going to, but how? You know, how are they going to be affected? Who else is going to perish? Um, there's so much tension in this specific scene, and in some ways it's the heart of the story, right? Because it is, it's finding the plans in the empire's Denny's toy machine, (laughs) 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 which I absolutely love uh, that you describe it that way. I think just the way star Wars engineering works is it gets vetoed unless it looks cool. That's just (laughs) the reality of the galaxy, like nothing purely functional. It has to look cool. Um, So, so they're going after the plans, which are like the very meaningful MacGuffin of the film uh, the physical symbol of this kind of baton of hope. Uh, but it's also bringing together all of the core issues really in, in this scene, right? Because it is about Jin's relationship with her father. It is about uh, Jin and Cassian who had kind of seen the rebellion from different points of view, truly coming together and willing to sacrifice anything uh, for this specific mission. And then on top of that, it's just got the great uh, moments of actual action. The, uh, the leaping onto the tower of, of plans yeah, and the, you know, pivoting away from Krennic firing. And uh, Eve, I, one of the shots in Rogue One that I just really like for some dumb reason is just uh, Jin clipping the plans to her belt. I think it's because it just feels to me like action figure and accessory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and just like how, like out of, Everything going on in this amazing third act, that's one of the things that makes me most nervous of like, but what if the plans fall off your belt, Jen? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Oh God. That's a great little moment. Yeah. There's so much in there. So much in there. And then, yeah, then ending with this uh, kind of emotional confrontation of the, uh, the Urso family uh, facing mm-hmm. off against Krennic. Yeah, and along the way, everyone's dying, right? Because this sequence, I understand, you know, cuts back and forth into other things. So we're just, you know, pulling out this, uh, this uh, getting the plans out here. But, uh, you know, you're seeing other characters die. You're seeing their stories come to an end. You're seeing everything move forward. And so it just adds to, to uh, I will not even say the tension, but just the importance of what they got to do. Um, and But along the way, little things, uh, you know, what you talk about this little funny moment you like. I, I, I love, I love, and it's sad, but I love K2SO pleading and saying, climb climb oh. gotta climb it's so powerful for me i love 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 k2so but i was gonna say i love the death of k2so but it, you know it has great meaning and, and and what it means for him and choice over programming all those kind of things but just it adds something it adds desperation to it and 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 it, it just that delivery of the line alan tudyk doing a great job there and the way it works and the sadness behind it and in and, and, and the weight of, of him knowing i'm telling you to climb and i gotta die so this can happen for you ah gosh it gives me those nerd chills those star wars chills of 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 emotions and excitement and enthrallment and and, and it's fun little moments oh that that is a great call i i think i have appreciated that moment but i've never really pulled it out and thought about it uh the way you do because i think i'm mostly just kind of in the same headspace of k2s when i watch and like climb climb (laughs) it's secure the plans on your belt climb I have not pulled out the uh, the depth of emotion in that delivery. I think that's a great call. Yeah, it's a little thing. Hey, I'll even say this. Even the death trooper gets shot and falls, and you just hear his <laughs> <laughs> death trooper garbled scream. 
Yeah, look, my, my whole action list could just be, we could do a ranked of uh, people falling from high places. Is, that would be a great uh, Star Wars rank. Yeah, yeah, we should, yeah, Star Wars ranked the best droid falls in Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> long list, long list. All right, uh, so uh, that is uh, my number two, and uh, we are going to get to some honorable mentions and our number ones in a second. But it's uh, first, we're going to uh, take a quick break, and then we'll come back here and close out this fun discussion of our favorite action sequences in Star Wars here on Star Wars if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at juvederm.com today that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with juvederm volbella xc or juvederm ultra xc do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 <laughs> Welcome back to Star Wars Rank. Joseph Scrimshaw and myself are discussing our favorite action sequences in Star Wars. We've got a lot of lightsaber duels we got ships chasing ships through asteroids we got a lot of speed a lot of power and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of big themes and self-discovery going through these moments but now we have reached uh, our number one but before as we often do here on the show we're going to talk about some honorable mentions moments that just quite didn't make our list joseph uh, what are some of the ones you have yeah, so uh, for me, I had to put the Death Star trench run, uh, just the Ooh, whole yeah. thing, right? Um, there's so much about uh, Star Wars Later A New Hope that is great in, in why it was this uh, explosion. But, you know, there's some shots earlier of the Falcon, obviously, and uh, the great Falcon TIE fighter battle. But the trench run is really, I think, one of the things that was that technologically next level. You know, can't believe that you're seeing this back in the day. Yeah. Um, and it, it, the fact that it has, it is edited so well and written so well that it has not diminished with time. That talk about knowing how it's going to end, right? Right. right. <laughs> uh, I think pe- people sitting in the theater knew, like, it, it, this uh, movie's probably not going to end with, and they miss. And then the, <laughs> the planet with the princess on it gets blown up. <laughs> like, people knew in their guts, right? But yeah. you still watch this to this day. And the way it's cut, the tension of how desperate it is, how easily uh, the, the these uh, fighters are, are getting picked off and and how vulnerable that trench run is the way they establish that so you can know ah oh man how are how are they possibly going to make it in the mm-hmm. just the beautiful culmination of this huge choice from luke which the more i step back and kind of put myself in in luke's cockpit of like you are the brand new kid <laughs> right. uh, in this operation the one of the last survivors probably the last chance at this shot and you could do it the traditional way the way everyone would tell you you absolutely should, or you could listen to an old ghost man whisper in your mind. <laughs> and that level of trust, that yeah. level of, it, it, it's not what the the whole world is telling me is the, the correct computerized way to do it. It's something I feel deep down is right. Yeah. 
it's 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 a powerful powerful moment and just a an absolute thrill ride he turned off his targeting computer what what (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would be happy with an additional scene of like some people in the background going the hell is he think he's the moisture farmer right yeah jeez yeah, that's uh, put that in. Uh, do a uh, an additional story and from a certain point of view anthology book. Yeah, and, uh, someone just going, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. We shouldn't put this Mary Sue up in that explain. Knew it. Uh, yeah, moisture no, farming, Gary Sue. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, up there. Um, I uh, I uh, what I love about the sequence. Uh, you talk about uh, yeah, people maybe had to know, but yeah, you know, this is a template maybe going forward for Star Wars and big budget. Tentpole action action films and everything like right, but like this is this is back then in the day it did set a, a new standard in my mind right. It's like it's just like it's it such it pulled on your on your heartstrings and played your emotions and it told this modern myth and and the hero's journey and you just didn't know those things were probably discussions people were having maybe but just not on podcasts and so you, you didn't break down the movie of oh well here it is this is the hero journey plot point nine it was just. X-Wing and TIE Fighters and a kid saving the day. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a kid saving the day, uh, that's that's a good handle on the hero's journey. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And by the way, and uh, you know, we, we're here, we're doing we're Star Wars podcasts. We love this stuff. It's just, uh, you can't go back. You can't put the can't put the, the genie back in the bottle, I guess, as, as the old saying goes. But just like this, it, it's like the, the, the recording of the audience in 77 reacting to Han coming back. It's so pure. And and I love that, and I love capturing that feeling going forward in Star Wars. Yeah, and Han coming back is so important too. Ah, so great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is an honorable mention, so I'm going to stop myself from <laughs> honorably mentioning any more uh, of that. Uh, a couple other ones for me. Um, th- I, there's some great stuff in animation. Um, mm. So one of them that you know we talked about recently, since it was added to Disney Plus, is the original uh, 2D Clone Wars animated series. All those great little uh, chapters of action in the first two seasons. Uh, and then uh, the second season, kind of diving a little bit deeper, a little bit more uh, mythic. Uh, but man, I just really do love those two Mace Windu chapters. It mm. is such great visual storytelling. Uh, the framing device uh, out there on those uh, those fields uh, of Dantooine with the the little kid watching and is is that oh, yeah. you know is that what a Jedi is? The absolute just horror of that ground pounder device. Uh, combined with Mace Windu also having that Jedi energy of like, I am going to do my job no matter how much danger there is. Even if I lose my lightsaber, I'll find a way. Uh, I can do uh, force enhanced fist punches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Take the screws out of one droid and throw them into another. It's it's just such great creative visual storytelling that also kind of gets, gets you really thinking about the Jedi through the eyes of a child. Yeah, and, and what I love about the sequence, and we, yeah, we just did the the review, review and the dig deep into it after years of not watching it, it. That this particular sequence of all the things in the Clone Wars 2D, I remember this one. Whether or not I remembered every beat exactly, it was like, oh yeah, that's the one with Mace, oh, and the thing, and the ground pounder. Oh yeah, I told, yeah, absolutely. So it, it's it's a it's a epic scene. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, and then the other animated one is in the Clone Wars episode of The Lawless. There's so many Clone Wars uh, episodes. And uh, as I was saying to you, Ken, before we started broadcasting, my first pass at this list, I'm like, wait a minute, Maul is on almost every action scene. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to create some variety. But this is a Maul scene. Uh, this is the great scene where uh, unique, that uh, rare, that Darth Sidious is like, okay, look, Maul's having a little bit uh, too much success out there uh, with his brother, uh, Savage Opress. 
Um, yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta stop this. And man, if, if you haven't just gone back and just watched that end, cause there's a lot else that happens in that episode. It is just some amazing, horrific, dark side action of Sidious just going, nope, I am the master. Uh, I got both my lightsabers and I am uh, putting an end to your fun little criminal franchise mall and your brother while I'm here. It's almost as if Palpatine said, uh, as someone once said, I heard someone once said, this party's over. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 um, I can't wait till we get uh, reviewing that again on the Clone Wars uh, report. I think it's, it's overlooked and, and underrated in a lot of ways. And, and it's Clone Wars celebrated with good reason. That's not like people aren't watching that show or didn't watch that show, but I don't think that one comes up enough. And I can't wait to dive back into it. Yeah, me too. Very excited for that one. Uh, I got a couple more, but I, I want to yeah. bat it back to you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, there was one, I, you know, going with Poe and Finn escaping the finalizer and landing on Jakku it just then made me think. Uh, you know, I, for for diversity of the list, I just I just wanted to not stay on Jakku for all of my list, just like <laughs> you could have had the Darth Maul hour. Uh, but Ray and Finn escaping Jakku, which is the the reintroduction of the Falcon into our lives, and some great visuals, and and just a lot of the interplay between them and her, you know, stop oh, grabbing my hand and all those things. I, I really love that sequence too. And I think it works very well. And I think when you go and revisit force awakens, uh, that's one of the, the, the sequences that jump out. And, and then it ends, it ends with, um, you know, Finn, uh, shooting that tie fighter. And, and there's this kind of lull and this quiet moment when, you know, he, the day is one. And I just remember the theater erupting in applause. The first mm-hmm. time. And I love those moments. Yeah. There's so much that that's great about this. I think that first half of force awakens it, it first third, it introduces these characters. It, it slows down to let us know who Ray is. Uh, but then it just puts its foot on the gas and this is a big part of it. Uh, the garbage will do the reveal of the Falcon. And then I just love in the actual story that this is both Ray and Finn pushing themselves in discovering what they're capable of the surprise of that, the thrill of that, that great moment where they share, like, that was amazing. I didn't know I could do that. Um, but then also just in terms of an action scene, the fact that it is constructed so a problem gets turned into the thing that allows them to win, the mm-hmm. the gun getting stuck, and then Ray makes it work. is just, like, I love action scenes where the logic and the creativity of the character is what saves the day. Oh yeah, well said. Great sequence, and uh, plus, you know, the garbage will do. The Falcon returns. Love yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, some of the other sequences for me, I, I went to Revenge of the Sith, rescuing Palpatine, which I- I'll include. That's the start of the movie for me. Which, from Williams' music to the Jedi starfighters, it's a big sequence. It's a space battle. It's a lot of things, and it's a lightsaber fight. It's it's Anakin taking a big step towards the dark side. A lot going on, but just as a sequence called Rescuing Palpatine, that it goes from there to the spaceship landing and the camera pushing in on the uh, the Star Destroyer, uh, the Visible Hands uh, uh, command bridge. That is a very fun, I think, it not. I, I don't know if it stands the test of time. I think it actually exceeded the st- test of time and got better for people, uh, especially as more people celebrated that, uh, that film or the prequels in general. There's just a lot there that I, I really just am drawn to. Even some of the dumb R2-related humor, which I remember in 2005 I didn't like as much. Now I'm like, yeah, you shoot that all, all over the floor. <laughs> I, I just think it's so fun, and it's very Star Wars, and it's very big. And again, with Williams' music, the gong, gong, dong, dong. Like, it, it's just something... 
something different and it's something big. And then it goes into intimate kind of a uh, uh, character insight during this action. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many good things in that uh, whole sequence. There's a ton of incredibly important character moments, but there is also just the comedy and the thrill and the weird new creations like the Magna Guards. The, the, mm-hmm. They're new for the live action. We'd seen them in, in uh, the 2D, but um, mm-hmm. there's so much going on. Uh, at least three classic Kenobi lines in that one sequence, right? Uh, yeah. Always on the move. <laughs> I love that about Anakin. Uh, uh, Sith Lords are a speciality, which yes. uh, the poor Kenobi is not able to live up to how cool <laughs> that line is in that particular fight, but that's <laughs> a part of storytelling. There's a little bit of hubris going on. And yeah. another happy landing is, uh, yes. oh, do it, do it is in that sequence. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, there's a lot of... You're right. A lot of prequel moments that maybe they've been memed, uh, you know, good and bad. But there's a lot to pull out of those moments. I love that. Including Dooku's face of, huh, what, I've been duped? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, and the, the hand removal. Yeah. Some primo hand removal right there. I love it. I love it. So that's uh, one of those. Uh, and then uh, final couple for me, and I'll kick it back to you before we get to our number ones. Uh, I went to relatively new ones here, and uh, that is Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 12, Victory and Death. This is the Ahsoka and kind of Rex escape. Just a final big moment. It's a big sequence. The the Star Destroyer crashing, Maul chasing them, droids sacrificing uh, themselves for the greater good, uh, R7's recovery, and then and, and the, the emotional ending, which would maybe mark the end of the sequence. But I absolutely loved it. The, I got to tell you, though, the reason I didn't necessarily put a number five, it might have been in, in my top five, is I've really only lived with that a couple times. And, and we haven't gone back and revisited uh, Clone Wars Season 7 yet in the Clone Wars Report. We will. So therefore, I myself haven't revisited uh, that sequence. And so now it's just a real emotional feel. Yes, we, we did the deep dive and the themes and everything we learned there. But now I'm, I'm at a distance on that sequence. I just remember feeling just, whoa, all the way through it. And so that's why I've got to include it here. And eventually, if we redo this list, it might get in the top five. That that really makes a ton of sense. You know, again, we know that these characters survive, but we don't know how. And I think we're just on the journey of of pain for them because Ahsoka and Rex are there to support each other during this absolutely horrific time fighting a battle that neither of them want to. And I think the power of that moment where uh, Ahsoka is is in Rex are trying to connect as they fall, you know, yeah. is that they're reaching for each other. They're trying to stay together. It's about that for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Powerful stuff there. The other one for me is uh, the last stand on Navarro. Also, you could say escape from Navarro. A lot of escaping in my list here today. Uh, this is a Mando uh, season one, chapter eight redemption, which also goes into chapter seven. It's a bigger sequence, which, which is why maybe I couldn't pull out the specific moments too. This is our hero's, in the bar, uh, this is uh, Gideon giving the the speech. Uh, you know, this is an E-Web blaster. You would have seen it in the Sears wish list in 1980. <laughs> uh, and I love everything about it, but the whole sequence and, and how big it gets and the important stuff, all the way up to the sacrifice of uh, of uh, IG-11, which is pretty emotional. Then we get it, you know, and, and, and Taika Waititi does a great job of that that episode, the themes, the comedy, the action, uh, how it looks. So the whole whole sequence, it is reminiscent of, for me, 
of, uh, of, of a, I guess, a classic uh, kind of Western trope. You could even say an old war picture trope of just our heroes trapped, surrounded, and how they're going to get out. For me, I go to Young Guns because I do often, probably too much. Uh, the first Young Guns were all of our heroes in the house and John Hunt Tunstall's house. And and you got uh, Colonel, uh, the Colonel around, was it Colonel uh, Nathan Jessup? Uh, no, is that, is that for, that's, that's uh, no, that's the other movie. <laughs> Nicholson, isn't it? Uh, but you got you got the the cavalry showing up. You got Jack Palance there. You got and and uh, it's it, you know Tom Cruise is there actually in a cameo. And can our heroes get out? And how they're going to get out? And it's not going to go good. And there are some sacrifices. It is totally reminiscent of that vibe, and that's why I love it in the in Mando. It, it is so great. It is really, really desperately trying to survive uh, in, in several different sort of uh, layers of that. Several great uh, cheer moments. Uh, Mando bursting out and shooting the stormtrooper right there. Yes. <laughs> uh, it, down to, you know, it is amazing when Grogu uh, holds back the flames and throws yeah. them on the incinerator trooper. Uh, but even better when he collapses back on his little butt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that's enough action for me, says Grogu. I miss Grogu. Uh, so those are, those are my honorable mentions. A couple more for you. Yeah, so um, the Vader hallway, um, I know that's one that, that people have a lot of uh, opinions about, but when I was uh, looking at it, it's like, honestly, it, it is really one of my favorite action sequences. Uh, it is thrilling and cool if you just want to get into the sort of like, uh, part of the fun of, of Star Wars is watching space wizards, both good and evil, do amazing, fantastic things that real humans can't do. There's just like that, just plain thrill of it. Um, but for me, I think it is another moment where it's thrilling because it's a promise fulfilled. It, it isn't just seeing Vader do cool things. It is feeling from the Rebels' perspective the absolute horror of what they're up against, that they can't stop him. And it is literally him. It is literally a fallen Anakin Skywalker using the Force in, in horrific ways. But it's also just kind of the, the symbol of the Empire. That's the Empire marching down the hall. It's just mm -hmm. this impossible, how could it ever be stopped, uh, but we are trying anyway. So I, I love it from just the, that's cool action that Vader does, but I think I just really love it from the perspective of those brave, doomed rebels. Mm. Yeah, it's a horror film, right? It, we've talked about it. It's a short short film, a horror short film. Right? Yeah, it is. Uh, hallway. It is, yeah, and like you know, we can talk a lot about you know Vader and and like uh, how much Vanekin is in there and the possibility of redemption. You just mar watch him march down the hallway, and like mm. he's he's a pretty far off from redemption right now. <laughs> yeah, in that hallway, he's he's pretty pretty far. Um, then the last one, uh, for me is the first phase of Luke and Vader's lightsaber fight in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I love the whole thing; it's meaningful. But in terms of just action scenes that have thrilled me since I was a tiny child. Uh, the the marching up the stairs, uh, the igniting the blades, everything through uh, Luke. I uh, think you'll find I'm full of surprises. Whoop! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Knocked down. Vader flying down the stairs. All too easy. Luke popping out. And then just the the cleverness, right, of, uh, of Luke spinning the steaming severed uh, pipe into yeah. Vader's face and grabbing his lightsaber. I thought that was so cool when I was a kid and I still do. It was like the height of oh, coolness yeah. of like distract your enemy so you can call your mythic blade back to your hand with your mind. There is nothing on the earth cooler than that moment. And just Vader's reactions all through, even, even up to when you know, Luke takes a swipe at him with this blade and makes contact, just 
I love that that the 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 smoke moment you talk about there. I'm just like ah, just Vader. He's really upset. It's not going the way it's planned. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he keeps. He's like, okay, the, the my son is very strong in the Force. Yeah. Eventually, and yeah. then he keeps getting surprised. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's great. It's great. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. All so those are my honorable mentions. All right, we're about to close our list with our number one choices of our favorite uh, action sequences in Star Wars. We'll go to uh, my number one. Well, this is almost uh, not a surprise. It wasn't a surprise to Joseph when we were making the list, and uh, nor should it be, because this one changed my life. I'm going to the return of the Jedi, Endor, the moon of Endor, the forest moon of Endor, and this is the speeder bike chase. Uh, little Kenny on a bicycle, running up and down, uh, Walnut Street in Royal Grande, California, pretending to be some days the biker scout, some days Luke, and some days I was even Leia chasing the speeder bikes. <laughs> Love the sequence. And then I, I've written about this. I've talked about it. in my backyard. I, I had this palm tree and it, or I, my parents did. And it, it went, you know, some some of the uh, stalks went up and and two of the branches there were, were lean forward. We're a little seven, eight, nine. And you know, if I stayed there, probably 30 year old Ken would uh, <laughs> be able to climb on uh, there um, onto their, uh, uh, I, I could climb onto the palm tree and it, and, and it was like a speeder bike. Uh, and then, uh, and then I, I would, just make all the sounds. I would the sounds of the speeder bike. I wouldn't do it well. I would fall off, and there was a little bit of foliage on the ground. If I wanted to jump off like Luke, I could do that. If I wanted to be knocked down like Leia, I could do that. If I wanted to pretend it was a speeder bike, uh, 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 you know, a biker scout running into the tree with a scream, I could. I don't know what my neighbors thought of me They're looking out their window and just seeing a kid on a palm tree screaming. I don't know, but it all came for the speeder bike chase sequence. Joseph, it is everything to me. Right. This is one of these sequences that is just like, do you like speed? Here mm-hmm. we go. This is about speed. It's got the great narrative of, you know, we need to capture them. We need to keep this silent. It's got Leia not waiting for anybody taking charge. It's got uh, another moment where we get to just sort of thrill in like, yeah, Luke has power now. And the question is, how is he going to use it? And he is a great asset to the rebellion because of his power. But then it's like, then the movie goes on to say, well, but it's not all about his power. And, and this scene is one of the ones that really cements that of all the great, uh, cool Luke stuff. I think one of my favorite moments in this, uh, chase that, that I thought of including, and is like, I don't need to, Ken's got it. Um, (laughs) is once Luke is off his speeder bike Mm -hmm. and the uh, other speeder bike is bearing down on him and he, brings his lightsaber out in such a assured way in the way he, the look on his face when he hits it, he's so the rest of his body is so still and it's So I got this (laughs) the way that lightsaber ignites. And it's got that slightly different sound than his blue blade, uh, slightly uh, wetter sound to it. That's so good. So good. And then so cool that he's so precise with the strike. Well, and if we, if we were to break down this list into action moments, like literally the moments that, that, that also would rank so high. Uh, I just remember, again, I, I knew it was a movie to be clear, but I'm seven in the theater. I just, I was so impressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. He just stood there. He just stepped aside and sliced the, the, the wow. Good. I want those skills. Good job. Good job. I was going quite fast. Good job. Uh, all right. You've told me about the palm trees before, of course. Yep. Uh, totally uh, a great story. And I've never thought to ask this very important follow up question. Yeah. When you're when you're sitting 
uh, on a palm tree. Your neighbor's looking out. You're screaming on a palm tree. They don't know why. <laughs> Are you engaging in mime? Do you have your hands up in the air? Do you press your uh, foot back at the ankle to get more speed? Or are you just clinging to the tree? I'll tell you what. In my head, I was probably doing everything you described. But in reality, I probably was clinging to the tree with some bare, <laughs> bare arm movement there. Just like, uh, uh, but, I, yeah, because the sequence is sh- shot and, and just, uh, you know, put together so well and edited so well and, and and now even then we started you know the behind the scenes story and magazines and you know Star Wars specials Star Wars the Jedi everything we know when we put the scene together, um, so I think because I just was we I would be focused on the the biker scout putting his foot down pedal to metal or the shot of the blaster and reaching across to fire. So, yeah, I, all those little movements, you know, this is, you know, growing up with Star Wars, no matter the generation you grow up in and no matter when you first discover these, if you're if you're swept up by those the imagination uh, and just the epic scale of these moments, those little things start to just become what you mimic. And so I think I think it's a great question. I, I probably wasn't doing it well, but everything about it, every every Luke falling off, or, you know, stunt guy probably falling off into a mattress or whatever, you know, like a I great I, clip great flip right and and i just i wouldn't necessarily do that one but i'd fall off the tree slowly <laughs> and, and, and get up you know uh that is so great so yeah so there there wasn't even any mime to help your neighbors it was just you on a tree screaming yeah and i i'm sure looking back my uh neighbors first through a uh, sixth grade we're at this house um I, they must have been worried about me because every time they look in the backyard, it was me by myself playing, including baseball. I'd throw a ball against the wall to catch it. I had no one to play catch with me. Uh, and I'm in a palm tree. I'm in a, we had a little hole for like a tree had been removed before we moved there. So it was like a foxhole. I could play with my Star Wars figures. It was a supersized Sarlacc pit. They probably look looking back. They were like, that little Kenny needs some friends. <laughs> this is such a great sitcom moment. I'm just imagining panning into that person's house and like yeah. that kid needs a friend and <laughs> canned laughter. <laughs> so anyways, I, I know I'm sharing a lot of my personal memories here, not mm-hmm. about the sequence, but it, it, it is, uh, it's 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 just iconic that it, it is that word it is so star wars and and it's interesting you know it's just like over over the years i can look at return of the jedi with a with a different light and never look down on it but just have different take different things from the other films and maybe the other films rise in those ranks uh but 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 really the return of the jedi just captured a, this seven-year-old's imagination uh, like nothing else and it was stuff like this and the sounds and the visuals and the cuts and the edits and the scream oh that scream of the biker scout hitting the tree ah man right after he thought he had a victory and and uh you know uh ewok involvement with it too like it's just everything about it it worked it's so great it is so great and it was so that like i want to do that and i'm scared to do that uh you know when i saw it as a kid and going back to the original, some of the questioning up top, Joseph, this would be then when, when I would get on the bike and ride up and down the street, mailboxes on the side. This is where I was afraid I'd be that biker scout. So I would reenact the scene slowly. <laughs> Slow reenactment. Yeah. For a little while, we uh, lived in a in a place in the suburbs of uh, Minneapolis that had uh, our, our backyard was up against this strange wooded area that it, it was like the, that wooded area was like a commercial for stranger danger, like, <laughs> especially in the eighties. Uh, but we would go ride our bikes in there and I would, every time I rode fast is there's woods, you know, it's on a path, but I would, I would try to ride as fast as the speeder bikes, you know, and I'd be terrified. Right. Oh, love it. 
Love it. Speeder bikes, biker scouts, love you so much. Uh, thank you for all the memories and excitement as a kid and as an adult. Joseph, that's my number one, which means we're going to close the show with your number one most favorite action sequence in Star Wars. Well, my number one is the one that was just like, honestly, looking in my soul, it's what it had to be. I could make mm. arguments for other, like, more meaningful or more well done or whatever, but it's just the truth. It is the one that has given me the most thrills over the years. Uh, we're going to a very uh, similar place, uh, Return of the Jedi again, and this is Luke and the Rebels versus Jabba's whole life. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, there is so much going on here. It is uh, deep and uh, and thematic. Uh, I love that there is a Jedi attempt to resolve all of these conflicts with uh, with money, with a little bit of trickery. There are multiple warnings. And then finally, Luke does what he feels he must as a Jedi uh, to save his friends. It is just one of the greatest applause moments, hero moments, that great music, the tension is Luke is prodded. Uh, the promise that he's got it covered with Hans, <laughs> uh, totally understandable doubt. Like, sure, kid. Uh, it, it's so they're back on Tatooine, so it really, it really goes to that feeling of Luke wanting to be a Jedi like his father, looking at the twin sons, knowing, sensing that there's something more for him, and. He fully accomplishes that at the end of the film when he has a, a success that isn't uh, physical, that it's entirely an emotional, a philosophical uh, success. Uh, but this is that moment where the value of a knight with a sword is just soaring. He, he does have something more in him. He has the power to help people. And the jumping off, the flipping up, the, the catch the microsecond look of, all right, we're in business. Yeah. Got my lightsaber. This is great. Uh, the flaring on of that uh, green blade, that moment in itself is worth everything. And then, particularly when I was a kid, just the explosion of action, Luke swinging that blade, Boba Fett's rocket <laughs> jetpack actually going off, uh, Luke jumping from place to place, that window opening up and him just grabbing the person oh. by the arm, the, the, the damage to the hand, uh, Leia taking out uh, Jabba, the, the big uh, gun and the pointing at the deck, uh, like just everything about it was just uh, so thrilling. Some good uh, Han cockiness of like, mm -hmm. no, no, I, I can see better now. <laughs> uh, a little higher just a little higher yeah. like there's so much it's just an explosion of action uh i think for any time for any age because it's it's emotionally motivated it's character motivated it's plot motivated uh but particularly for back in the day um this action scene even kind of gets poked fun at right uh mm -hmm. the way movies are watched now of like yeah you slow it down you not even slow it down you make it a gif and like yeah luke's foot isn't connecting uh with that guy great it's a force <laughs> kick force that's kick. fine you know Bo boba fett you know the big explosion of action is he flies over and and not a ton happens like it's thrilling at the time though yeah. um and I hope when when people watch it now, seeing it for the first time on an iPad or, or however the hell they get to watch it, that it has that same thrill. But for me as a kid, when it came out, it was a massive, unbelievable explosion of action, all motivated by my hero that everyone doubted really stepping up to the plate in this thrilling way. 
It's a that's a great point. Great breakdown of secrets. Let me, but that's a great point, Luke. This is kind of Luke going. Yeah, I t- I got this. I got this. And no one, believe- you're so right. You're so right. Yeah. Chewie seems to believe him. Lando's yeah. like, okay, all right. I mean, Leia Leia knows. So like, we get those great shots of like they're kind of on board, but it's presented to us from like yeah. Jabba literally going Jedi and Han going great. And and look, this is the kid that took out the Death Star. But, you know, he doesn't end. Uh, he, this is the next chapter. He does, he has a, the last time we had seen him, you know, he's he's hurt. He's injured. He's lost a head. So it is a it is a great uh, statement uh, that Luke is making here. I think it's a it's a key part of the sequence. Yeah. And I mean, he survived. He survives the rancor. But this is the like mm. uh, the the knight with the sword. Uh, and just to, to bring it home, a, a personal memory uh, to match your wonderful palm tree story. I can't remember what age I was, but it was a, a time uh, where my family really didn't have a lot of money. Uh, so th- there was an explosion of VCRs and kids at school were talking about all the uh, movies that uh, I did not see yeah, <laughs> or because they, they had a uh, cable. And, uh, and uh, uh, I, I enjoyed those reruns of Gilligan's Island very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for my birthday, my dad figured out that he could afford to rent a VCR and one film. <laughs> and we went to the suburb of Minneapolis to this uh, dingy store that probably had an adult back room that I was not aware of because it had that vibe. Uh, rented a whole VCR, hooked it up, put in Return of the Jedi, watched all of the movie up until uh, the Falcon and the X-Wing flying their separate ways. And both me and my brother uh, turned to each other and, and just said, let's just stop and rewind. We're just going to watch that part again. <laughs> and we watched just that, that little short film of the mm-hmm. rescue of Han Solo again and again and again, before we got around to actually watching the rest of the film. Uh, that's a great story. And I'm not turning this into a kids these days conversation, but there was something special about, yeah, we, we had the rent the VCR nights or weekends. Uh, and it was just like, you had to choose and choose carefully. And so often star Wars was the choice, which just spoke to its power. And I love that experience you've got there. Yeah, yeah, it's an absolutely great memory and uh, one of the things that makes this my number one uh, action scene in Star Wars. It's so great. And my, my final note on it here for you is is, is, is when you look at this in, in, in 83 or just in, 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 the, in the course of the movies unfolding in front of you there, it's the biggest sequence yet. Empire's got amazing things and big things and the big fight and the weight and the reveal. And, and Star Wars has got so many, you know, New Hope, there you go. But Star Wars back in the day has got the, the Death Star, the escape from the Death Star itself, uh, tractor beam. It's got so many wonderful sequences in it. But this is, this is huge. This is sprawling. We always say it's, it is kind of a short film. The, the you know, job is very big, uh, very bad day. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is, it is, it is, it is mind blowing in 83 to go oh this is this is where the the franchise is now all over big action yeah yeah and i think playing with action figures you know if you had the vehicles you could kind of uh act out the big fights you could act out uh, lightsaber fights you could act out kind of blaster fights down uh, imaginary corridors uh but this was so much just a big bunch of people having one-on-one action it it did feel to me like this is the way i play with my action figures but it's on screen (laughs) yeah it's amazing Oh, great way. I would say absolutely that deserves the number one spot on our list. 
It is an all-timer, but this is why we love Star Wars so much action to enjoy and to dig into and also just to get the feels from. And there'll be more on the way. We can always redo this list because action will always be part of Star Wars. Joseph, thank you so much for sharing your memories and your list, your duels, and all (laughs) of the Maul and Kenobi moments. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Thank you. This is a ton of fun to just get thrilled about action sequences. Uh, thrilled indeed. And as always, with every Force Center uh, Star Wars ranked list, harder than we initially thought when we uh, go to go to write our list. So many, <laughs> so many choices. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, if you have your own list, uh, you can uh, let us know. Share your favorite action moments and uh, why you love them by uh, following us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Star Wars Rank. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page at Force Center Podcast. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You want an audio book on us? Go to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Force Center. Get an audio book on us. Help the show and help yourself. You can support us uh, by listening to the podcast in a lot of spots, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, but also try Spotify and Amazon Music now. And you can support us directly a lot of new Patreon supporters in the last couple of weeks. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash force center. You can follow me at catnapsock or catnapsock.com. And for you, Joseph, where can they go? Yeah, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Joseph Scrimshaw. And for all my other comedy adventures, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. And if you happen to live in the Los Angeles area, uh, you can watch me, maybe, perhaps drive by and see me uh, trying to find a palm tree that I can sit on (laughs) and act out the speeder bike sequence like Ken did. I'll tell you what, that house still exists. There's a fence up around it now. When I'm on my hometown, I drive by and think, maybe just one more time, can I ride that palm tree? <laughs> oh, you you need to go to the door and film the, uh, so I was wondering if I could go in your backyard. <laughs> Is there a palm tree kind of angle? To, yes. Can I ride it again? Again? Yes. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's it for this week, uh, my friends. Force Center, uh, Star Wars ranked. We're done for today. Star Wars has been ranked. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.